Well, there's no doubt as parents, we all want our kids to have great lives, right? Like we, we don't want them to go through hard things. We want them to be comfortable and happy. And with that, we often forget that adversity truly is the fuel for greatness. Hi everyone, I'm Annika and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Tried and Truth Podcast. So glad you're here. I think we can all agree that amazing kids grow out of amazing families, but the truth is amazing families don't happen by chance. And today's guest, Monica Swanson, is back on the podcast. She is one of my very favorites, and I know one of many of yours too. And she's talking all about what it looks like to raise amazing kids, raise just an amazing family, and also what it looks like to create challenges for our kids to help them build up those character muscles. Cannot wait for you to hear this conversation with Monica. Take a listen. Monica Swanson, back on the podcast. So good to have you here. Thanks for being here with us today. Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Okay. So I think a lot of our listeners probably know who you are, but for those who are just joining in with listening to this podcast, I'd love for you just to give a little brief intro about all the the cool things that you're doing and places (laughs) that you live and Uh, all that other fun stuff. Yes. Well, let's see. I am coming to you here from the North shore of Oahu in Hawaii, where I have lived for goodness, it's 22 years now, which is kind of makes me feel old. Um, But my husband and I are originally from the Pacific Northwest. So I say I'm a Seattle girl at heart, but um, yeah, we've got four sons. Three of them are somehow legal adults now. So I've got a 23 year old who graduated college and is adulting, working a real job and doing great in Santa Barbara, California. And then I've got a 21-year-old who's a junior at Westmont College, also Santa Barbara. So they're kind of hanging out together a lot. Uh, I have a 19-year-old who graduated from homeschool high school last year, and he is a (laughs) professional surfer. So that's kind of a fun element in our life. Uh, He travels the world much of the year, but when he's home, our house is his home. So I love having him around and Uh, That's always real exciting. He's, as we speak, he's about to take off for Australia and then from there to Indonesia. So he's got a cool life. Uh, And then I have a 12 year old named Levi who I homeschool and um, he's a little golfer. So that's fun. And uh, we are a busy family, but I just love my heart's desires to just encourage families to just share some good news and some hope. I think there's so much bad news and scary statistics out there that really um, families can just have a lot of fear going into raising their kids and like, oh, is it all going to be gloom and doom and terrible? And I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be. There's a lot you can do. Uh, We're not sovereign. Only God is. Mm -hmm. Kids have a free will. There's no guarantees, but there's a lot we can do as parents to raise up those kids to be amazing young adults. So that's my heart's desire is to just cheer on families, support them, encourage them and walk with them through all the seasons. Oh, I love it. And I love that you're coming to us from Hawaii. What a, it's, just, it's just so fun. I wish that it, it was, we were there recording. I it would know. be much more exciting. That would be so fun. <laughs> so you just released your, your second book, Raising mm-hmm. Amazing. So speaking of all these incredible kids and all the things mm-hmm. that they've done, uh, tell us a little bit about Raising Amazing. So your first book was really for boy moms, which- that's right. You know, yeah. I am, and a lot of our, our listeners are too, but this mm-hmm. one branched out a little bit into yeah. kind of what you just mentioned, this idea of family and and values yeah. and culture and all of that. So yeah, yeah, just share with us a little more about about the book. 
Yes, thank you so much. I'm really excited about Raising Amazing. Uh, the subtitle is a little long, but it's kind of fun. It gives you the heart and the three main themes of the book. It's bringing up kids who love God, like their family, and do the dishes without being asked. So um, so really, it's a, it's a book about raising sons and daughters of character, of faith, and who have strong family connections, which is like, I just could talk about all three of those things all day long. Uh, but one of my favorite features of the book is that I got to bring my husband in to share a word to the dads at the end of every chapter. Um, my husband has so much wisdom. He's he's a doctor by trade, but really when we um, when I'm working on anything, he is the one I bounce things off of. He gives me so much wisdom. And I thought, you know, it's only fair to bring him in. And I knew that, you know, men don't read as many parenting books as women and that's okay. But I thought maybe coming from another man, if he does kind of the cliff note version, um, then maybe the men will be more likely to open it up and read. And so I love that feature. And then I also got to have my boys. Every chapter has a little um, thought from one of my boys and it's just kind of sharing their perspective or experience. And that was a really, so really it was a family affair. This book is again for moms and dads of sons and daughters and just a high calling to, um, you know, raise kids to know God and, and love their family and, and just really to, to do everything opposite of what the culture is doing today. So it's, it's not, it's not all warm fuzzies. Like there's some convicting parts of the book, anything I wrote in there, I had to stay in the mirror to myself first, but uh, I had a lot of fun putting this one together. For sure. And I love the elements that you brought into it because Mm -hmm. right. It's just to see it from all the different angles is was really a, a cool attribute uh, to, to the book. Um, and we've talked a lot about upstream parenting, which is kind uh, of what you just yep. spoke to. But I know part of the way that you phrase the book is this idea that amazing kids, they they come from, grow, they grow from amazing families, but then mm-hmm. those don't happen by chance. Yeah, and so yeah. I think there is just a lot of really great intention that you have put mm. into, into raising these kids. And like you said, it's it's tough and it's really yeah. hard work. Yeah. yeah. Really hard work. Yeah. But the most rewarding work you'll ever do. And, and I think, you know, we, we use that word intentionality a lot and I love it, but I think sometimes people get overwhelmed and they think that means like there's some, you know, some really difficult formula that's going to make this intentional life. And I'm like, actually, it's really being mindful throughout the day. It's not, it doesn't have to be complicated, but it does take really being thoughtful and mindful throughout the day of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And, um, you know, all all the things you're modeling to your kids and all the rest. And so I, I think maybe it's a little less overwhelming than most people think it is once you're intentional and the payoff is huge. No, Absolutely. Um, one of the things that you you share in the book is because you mentioned you've got three kids who are who are off, mm-hmm. kind of doing doing the next adulting mm-hmm. chapter, yeah. um, and then you've got your youngest, mm-hmm. and you share in the book that once upon a time, someone that was older and wiser, as, as you share, is shared this idea that no two children have the same parent, that mm-hmm. this idea that life is constantly changing, and I feel mm-hmm. like when I read that, that was very, very encouraging and probably Mm. very encouraging for people that are hearing this right now too, Mm. to be able to hear that. Because I think a lot of times we, we kind of put this pressure on ourselves and we, we judge ourselves when things don't look like they did with our older kid and things don't look like our first child. And, you know, a couple of things from that one that each child is different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are changing. We are not the same parents. Mm -hmm. 
And I feel like that's been a really big aha moment for me is that mm. I am not the same person I was nine yeah. and a half years ago when my first child was born. Sure. Yeah. And thank God I'm not the same person, right? right? Like there's, yes. there's growth that's come from it, but we still have these very similar expectations on mm. them and on ourselves. And so yeah. I'd love for you just to share a little bit about that because you kind of had the first three really close Mm -hmm. and then you had Levi, right? Levi's the youngest. Uh You had Levi, um, but things were different. It wasn't necessarily the same with just all the technology and internet and and everything that kind of came between the two. And so I'd love for you just to unpack that wisdom a little bit more because I think there's so much encouragement in that for people and parents, moms that are listening. Oh, thanks. Yes. Well, I mean, I think that perhaps I raised my kids in a, in an interesting time because really the first three were born and spent their early years right in that time before technology became what it is today. So in a sense, I feel like I had a real gift because they had this kind of innocent childhood where, you know, I remember those clunky, bigger handheld video things, but I was like, oh, I, I'm not going to let my kids do those. Um, but then by the time Levi came around, technology was everywhere. Screens were everywhere. You know, in in the hospital room with me, I talk about even uh, as opposed to the older boys who really, it just wasn't a huge part of our life. I had a computer, but we weren't like doing much on screens. And so that's an interesting element. But then also I was just younger. I was I wasn't uh, working much outside the home. I did some, I taught fitness and was a personal trainer, but that was real part-time. And so my main focus was those three boys. So by the time Levi came around, not only was I homeschooling three boys who were like by then, goodness, I don't know, 12, 10, eight, but, um, but I was also starting my online work. I was writing, I was doing all these other things. And so I think I, I really struggled with some guilt, like, oh, I'm not giving him what I gave the other boys. And maybe this is causing some of the bigger challenges we have. And it may, it may, (laughs) but this older woman I talked to who had raised four daughters just gave me such encouragement when she said, you know, none of your kids will be the same and none of your kids will have the same set of parents. Mm -hmm. And I had to let that sink in and go, wow, we are different. And though some things maybe aren't as ideal, I think what we are giving them is some things that the others didn't have. I am more relaxed now. I'm not as uptight. I'm I'm giving him a different side of me. Um, I'm also giving him these older brothers who are setting great examples to him, who are, you know, coming alongside, encouraging him. So I think it really, like you said, it does take a little weight off your shoulders to realize that that's how God designed things. We're not supposed to be the same people. Kids aren't supposed to have the same parents. And yet he somehow weaves that together to be just what each child needs. Now, that doesn't mean we should slack off and say, well, I'm older and tireder. It just means accept the fact that it's not going to look the same and then um, really lean into the things that really are a blessing in this season and make it as good as you can. Makes me think of that idea of don't reinvent the wheel, but you also can't copy and paste. So kind of right? take the best of, but yes. don't try to copy and paste your parenting because it it's doesn't so it doesn't true. work. That feature right? is not, it's not working. So true. That is awesome. I love it. Okay. One of my favorite things that you unpack in the book, obviously you kind of mentioned it in the title about kids who love to do the dishes, but you, (laughs) you talk about this idea of, um, uh, introducing maybe more challenges into our Mm -hmm. kid's life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really, really insightful thing for Mm -hmm. parents who are listening 
right now. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how you all approach hard things and how you have taught them to do hard things and how that just equips them for the future. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt as parents, we all want our kids to have great lives, right? Like we, we don't want them to go through hard things. We want them to be comfortable and happy. And, and with that, we often forget that adversity truly is the fuel for greatness. And that's what I say in the chapter is, is you look at any great person of history and they've been through something hard and, and kids who have great character have probably walked through some hard times. And so how can you do both? Like, how can you give your kid this beautiful, wonderful, comfortable life, but also grow them to have the kind of character that's going to open doors and really be what they need most to face everything out there in the world. And So I think that we need to, again, be intentional and think, okay, most kids in America do have a pretty good life. I mean, even if they have something hard, most of them get three meals a day plus snacks. They sleep in a bed at night. They have at least one parent who loves them and is involved in their life right there. They're like, that puts you in the very top of, you know, the world as far as as comfort and um, material possessions and all the rest. And so I think it's just super important that we make sure our kids learn to do hard things. And sometimes that maybe when they're young, that starts in the form of just having them do some chores, have them do chores that aren't easy or pleasant. Um, Then as they grow up, make sure they're being challenged, give them that nudge to try maybe a sport, even if they're not interested in it, just get them out the door to try something, to join a team or a club or do something that's just outside their comfort zone. And the more you begin to give them challenges, that just stretches their little their little growth muscles. And, and they're going to go through some hard things. And you want to be there. You want to coach them, encourage them, you know, support them as they go. But you also want to let them go through some tough stuff and maybe fall down a time or two because then they're in the safety of your home and your family where you can help pick them back up. So yeah, sometimes it takes intentionality to create challenges, but oh, you will never regret that. You'll be so glad later that they built those muscles before they launched into the real world. I loved how you talked about just that idea of building those, those muscles Mm -hmm. of adversity a little bit. And it's, it's almost harder for parents to make it harder for our kids. Oh yeah. But I love what you say that good parenting is hard, but we can do hard things. And so, you know, sometimes, right. When I want to teach my kids that they need to do all these things before they can, you know, watch TV or do Mm -hmm. whatever it's brutally painful. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's yes. so painful as a mom, but yep. just that reminder that I'm I am training them and also like I am building my own muscles of doing yes. those hard things too and Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it's just so easy to make our kids life easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yep. like you mentioned earlier, we got to swim upstream a little bit and mm-hmm. sometimes choose the hard even when that's yeah. a little bit more uncomfortable for us because at the yep. end of the day you know, we are creating this training ground for our kids that we're one day going to release. And our goal is not to always make them happy. And I feel like my husband and I've had a lot of conversations about that. You know, sometimes it's easy to make them happy, but make them, making them happy is not going to equip them Mm -mm. for, for real life. Right. And I think that too, just takes keeping that vision in your mind. It's so easy to just be thinking of today and, and we don't want their pushback. We don't want the fallout if we say no to something or if we give them something hard to do. It's painful in the moment, but you know, I talk about just like front loading, like do the work now, train them now because then the reward comes later. And when they are out there in the real world and they're taking on hard things, 
then you're going to be so glad. So it's really for their best. It's really for their best. And you just have to keep reminding yourself of that every day. As someone once shared with me, the last thing to grow in a tree is the fruit. And it mm. kind of reminds me of that when you're raising kids okay. is you're not going to see any of the fruit for a while sometimes. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> Just to not give up. But I love yeah. the perspective that you have shared on that because I think it, it's shifting from life is really hard. You know, we don't want to yeah. discourage our kids. Mm -hmm. And so rather than raising them up in that, well, life's, life's hard, life's tough. It's mm -hmm. no, you can do hard mm -hmm. things. Yeah. And I, I want you to, to experience what happens when something hard comes your way and, and building up that muscle because yep. they're going to have hard things come their way. They That's just right. are. We all are. They are. Yes. And I think too, this is a good perspective shift for those listening who might have a child who really does have something hard. Maybe they have a disability or they have some challenge. Maybe you've been through divorce or loss of a parent or someone close to you. It's also a reminder that that as much as that probably breaks your heart every day and is hard to walk through, that there's also going to be some real treasures in that. And to try to really trust God that he is creating something special through this challenge and really have that perspective shift shape you in your parenting so that you're not pitying your child or feeling sorry for them. Again, you want to support them. You want to give them lots of empathy and, and coach them through it, but also recognize that sometimes there's some real gifts in the hard things they walk through. It's really good. So for those who are who are listening, you kind of shared some examples of things they can put into their children's life yeah. that create some yeah. challenge, like letting them try a sport that maybe isn't always easy, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. having them do some chores around the house, anything mm -hmm. else that you can think of just top of mind that you have either done personally or maybe walked with some other parents through as far as creating just some opportunities for our children to face challenges. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that this too kind of goes with the conversation about technology and that can be its own full podcast episode or more. But I think that oftentimes it's it's about getting kids off of screens because that's that's really where today kids want to go to just chill out, relax. You know, that's just such an easy thing, comfortable thing. But to challenge kids to read more books, give them some harder books, to get kids building something, creating something, um, you know, depending on where you live, if they can be outdoors or not, different times of the year. But there's a lot of little projects that you can give them and challenge them to finish something. Or as a family, you might train for a 5K or take a hike as a family and the kids are complaining and moaning and groaning, <laughs> but you know they can do it. You know they can. And so let them. And so I think that just maybe getting together with your spouse and just coming up with a little list, a bucket list maybe for this year and say, let's, let's challenge our kids physically. Let's challenge them um, spiritually. Uh, we're working on memory verses with Levi. That's one of the things I'm doing every month. I give a free um, list of whatever we're doing that list. I have um, month by month scripture memory verses that I offer on my email. And that's what we're doing. I'm I'm calling him up to have those done by the end of the month. And then, so I think spiritually, physically, um, you know, work ethic wise, challenging them by the time they're able to get a job outside the house, maybe you don't feel like they need it. Maybe you're able to support them financially. I still say it's good for them to get a job, to have somebody outside of mom and dad. Being Absolutely. Their boss. Oh, my boys grew so much working at a restaurant nearby. It was crazy. It motivated them to go to college for sure. <laughs> But yeah, I think there's a lot of things you can do and maybe just meeting as a family and coming up with a list is a good way to get started. That's a really good example. So I'm really curious, how how do you balance all of these things? Like how do you stay 
how do you not get distracted when you're trying to homeschool and write books and have a podcast and oh, doing all the things that you do? I feel like we should have that wisdom shared with us. Right. Oh, I'm con- I'm a work in progress. Certainly I'm not the most organized. Uh, I'm not, I'm always trying to work on time management, but I think that when you love what you do, you just find time. And my brain's usually in about 10 places at once, but uh, it's, it's, definitely a work in progress. I'm not going to tell you I'm an expert on this one, but I think you do find time for the things you love. For sure. It's, it's really thinking about those things that truly do matter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And And I let a lot of things things go. I mean, certainly yeah, if you come to my home and watch me for a day, you'll say, oh, (laughs) there's things (laughs) she doesn't do. And also I'm learning more and more to ask my family for a little more help because typically I cook all the meals I do. You know, I'm, I'm, have certain roles that I've always had, but I'm asking my husband now for a little bit more help. And I'm like, you know, there's things you can do (laughs) and kids to do their own laundry and things like that, that are easy for me to just do for everyone. So yeah, I'm, I'm working on asking for more help. That's a really, I think, great reminder for anyone who's listening. If there are things in your life that you can delegate, that you can use as a challenge for your children. (laughs) Yes. I think just opening up with with your spouse and sharing, I need help in this area. What could this look like? But also, like you said, there's there's things that that you don't do. And I love that you shared that vulnerable point because I think for everybody on the outside, right? For you see people online, you see people, whether it's building businesses or writing books or doing all the things, but in Mm -hmm. order for them to do certain things, they have to give up other things. And so- absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's, there's little things that we all, like you said, if you came into our homes, you right. would see and I'll tell some you, undone things. Absolutely. And also I don't have a huge social life. I don't do it. I mean, I'm intentional about making sure to connect with women and, you know, to do Bible studies and things, but really I'm not at the beach every day. There's moms who live near me who hang out at the beach most afternoons. And I'm like, I I really do focus hard on my work and I have to let some other things go, but that's my priorities. And so that's okay. So yeah, my social life wouldn't impress you. (laughs) (laughs) Mine wouldn't impress you either. (laughs) That's okay. Okay. I want to unpack another thing that you talk about in the book. And it's this idea of um, telling our kids the truth about who they are and whose mm-hmm. they are before the yeah. world feeds them these lies. And so yeah. I kind of wrote down this note for myself to to talk about this here in mm. our conversation, because, you know, this being the tried and truth podcast, I think everything that I want to share on here is people that have tried it, people that have done it, we people mm-hmm. that have kind of gone before, but also the truth about it. But I think yeah. even more important, speaking truth into people's lives mm. and that reminder that our kids need to hear the truth Mm -hmm. first before they hear the lies and allow that to be the record that plays over and over and over. For sure. Oh man, this is such an important topic. And I love, I love how you frame that. Um, One of my last chapters, maybe the last chapter I I do talk about talking about everything and, and identity is huge, but the way I open that is by talking about first tracks. Um, Carrie Kampakis actually in a blog post, uh, you know, she, she's a girl mom has the girl mom podcast, but Carrie talks in a blog post about 
setting first tracks and like how, when you're on the mountain and you ski down, you know, you have those first tracks that other people can follow and how important it is that we set the first tracks for our kids on the important topics, because really whoever first talks to a child or introduces a concept that's going to stick. And so we want to open up all of the conversations with our kids before somebody else does. And sadly that's earlier and earlier all the time, but yes, yeah, certainly on this topic of identity, I just think that we are raising our kids in a time where there is just so much noise, so many voices, and and um, such a challenge for kids to really come to terms with who they are, what gives them value, where their worth comes from. And so we must speak truth to them about, about the God who created them, about how much he loves them, about the value he gives them, that he would send his only son to die on the cross for their sins, and he would do it if they were the only people on this earth. And I think once we tell them, sometimes they're like, okay, now they know, but I say, no, keep telling them, keep talking about how your worth has nothing to do with your, your success, with your popularity, with your likes or follows, if they're on social media, with, if you win or lose a game or what your grades are, your worth is not dependent on any of that. And you can tell them every day and it's still going to be a struggle. I mean, my boys will tell you that they were sick of hearing it, and yet they still, in high school, struggled with their identity. And now in college, they've still struggled with their identity. And it's because we live in a broken world. And, and we have an enemy who knows that is an area he can get kids today. That is an area he can rip them off, get them off track, get them searching anywhere but to the word of God for their identity. And so you can't say it too much. Let them think you're crazy. Let them tell you, I've heard it. I've heard enough. But keep telling them because it's so important. And, and I'll add to that. They need to hear from people outside of mom and dad. So finding good role models is huge. I mean, I'm just a big Tim Tebow fan. My boys have read all of his books, but I think people like that. Sadie Robertson for the girls. There's an a few, I wish there were more, but there's a few good, godly young adults who are speaking truth. And we want to point our kids to them and, and really give them that opportunity to hear it from someone outside of mom and dad. Oh, it's so good. And they're hungry for it too. Yes. I think they, they want to hear it. And I yep. think, especially for moms of boys, I think that was a really good reminder because I yeah. think boys do the eye rolling a little bit more than girls probably do. <laughs> yeah. Like mom, yeah. I know yeah. the end of what you're about to say, right? but don't stop saying it. There's, mm -hmm. there's no, you know, limit to yes. the amount of truth you can speak into yeah. your kid's life and, and mm -hmm. over them. And like yeah. you said, those first tracks are such a great visual mm -hmm. of really mm -hmm. creating the first tracks in their lives. And yeah. it just makes me think there's times where my kids will say, what was that thing you said again? I can tell yep. they just want me to rehash yeah. the compliment that I gave sure. about something that I saw or something that mm -hmm. truth I spoke over them. They just, they want to hear it again, yep. even though they seemed really annoyed in the moment. Totally. Yes. Yeah. And it does come back to them. I think in those moments of struggle, I mean, you've heard from people, you know, who are adults years later that say, I heard, I, I recalled my mom's voice in that moment. I remember something my mom used to tell me. So I think that we need to trust that even when they act like they're not listening, they're probably taking it in more than we realize. For sure. Do you have any practical things that you do, especially with your younger one that is really like an example of just speaking truth into his life outside of like scripture or memory verses? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it, a lot of it is conversations throughout the day. And because we homeschool, we have that opportunity to really talk throughout the whole day. And so I always refer back to, you know, Deuteronomy chapter six and chapter 11, where it talks about teaching kids God's commands as you get up, as you walk along the street, when you lie down. And so I really try to 
look again, be intentional about looking for opportunities throughout the day to just bring up God's word, how it applies to their life. Proverbs. We have our boys. We really try to get our boys to read a chapter of Proverbs a day when they hit those tween and teenage years. Um, it's easy to do because, you know, the days of the month, there's perfect yes. number of Proverbs. So just say, Hey, what day that we are, what day of the month is it open up Proverbs and read it. And then we talk about it sometimes at dinner time. Um, we try to just apply God's word to whatever is going on in their life, but yeah, scripture memory is great. And also just talking practically. I mean, the more they know that we get it, like they, they love looking at, you know, funny things on social media. My boys, my 19 year old, and my 12 year old together. I can laugh with them. I can be a part of their life, but also look for opportunities to speak into those things. And I think that's where intentionality really comes into play. So good. Uh, okay. So my, my next question is a lot of the stuff that you have done is around character training. <laughs> yes. So you have books, you have a podcast, but you also yeah. have a course on really building character in your, mm-hmm. in, in children. And so yeah. I'd love just to hear maybe some areas where you find that moms really struggle mm-hmm. or maybe mm-hmm. kids really struggle that you have included in this course and made sure not to exclude. Yes. Ah, uh, thank you so much. Yeah. I think it was a, a chapter in boy mom where I talk about character and I talk about in the early years, how I just really wanted to build character in my little boys. But then I talk even more about how, when we hit those teenage years, we hit some sticky spots where I was like, wait, I've taught you everything. Who are you? One of my boys was just, you know, fortunately it wasn't anything extreme. He wasn't being super rebellious, but he just had this critical attitude and kind of tearing others down and just kind of made the home, not a very pleasant place to be. And so that's where I guess I was just talking about bringing in other influences. I just realized that this son needed to hear from somebody other than mom and dad. And so I, in the moment, without knowing what else to call it, I said, you're going to do character training. And I got a list back then I was listening to podcasts and, and, you know, trying to tune in online, different websites and things. So I gave him a a really simple list. And I just said, every day, you're going to spend 30 minutes Uh, doing something, whether it's listening to a podcast or watching a YouTube video, I had my little list. I said, and then I want you to mark down what you did and one nugget you learned from that. And that started something that really was a game changer for that son and for our whole family. So I share about that in Boy Mom and so many people, like after they read it, that was the main topic. People would be like, will you tell me more about your character training? I want to do it with my son or daughter. And so yes, in 2020, while all my boys were home and I had all the technology help because my college boys are really good at that. I was like, I want to create a course, help me. And um, I, I knew that I didn't want to just put it in a book or a blog post because I wanted to be able to share uh, so many things that really fit into a course best. So I could have some interviews with, you know, fathers of daughters and with um, experts who brought something to this conversation that wasn't my expertise. And I wanted to have things people could print out and download. And I wanted to do short videos of me just talking on the different topics. So there's a foundation in there um, about character and the heart of character. And then ultimately at the end, there is that list, not the list I gave my son originally, but a really good list of resources. So if you're, you know, I, my 12 year old is starting to do this, but I think it's 
even better as they hit those teenage years. Um, but a great resource list of some of the best books, podcasts, TED Talks, YouTube videos, things like that to really inspire your child. If you can take that time every day to say, um, I want you to tune into one of these things and it really can begin to shape their heart over time. So that's what's in the character course. I've really um, developed it more and more over time. And I only open the doors a couple times a year, but it's been fun to see families all over the world dive in and, and really apply this stuff to their kids and just to hear back from them what a difference it's making in their families. So the character training course is so much of my heart. Thanks for letting me share. Of course. It almost makes me think of this idea of like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow where you're sharing yes. all the list of resources. Yes. But I think that you're so right that there has mm. to be other voices. Like there, no matter whether that's we want to or not, there's going to yeah. be other voices that are speaking into their life. They yep. you know, put their AirPods in, they get in their car, they wherever they are, right? They yep. open up their laptops yep. or their iPads or the TV. And those are voices that are speaking yeah. into their lives. And so yep. if we can curate those a little bit yeah. and use some wisdom or discretion, especially when they've been vetted, I think yes. that's just such a gold For gift. Sure. Oh, thank you. And yeah, and the truth is that son who did that so many years ago, now he's away at college and he still listens to great podcasts and sermons and he sends us quotes and he's like a junkie now. But I think that he really um, developed that love for truth and for wisdom because he was kind of forced to do it for a little while through our character training. And so start them young and they can really develop a taste for good, good, wholesome content that's going to inspire them to be better people. Absolutely. I have a mom mentor in my life. She's got seven children. Ooh. And I remember she was sharing with me one day, this idea of really giving your kids a taste for really high quality, just mm. riches and, and goodness. Okay. And we were talking about, you know, really kind of feasting on truth yeah. and giving them the good stuff at an early yeah. age in those formative years, which sounds like you've, you've done that. You've given them a mm. taste for good quality content yeah. and podcasts yeah. and books and where mm -hmm. there's just richness and mm -hmm. they can, their imagination can, can grow and their yeah. desire for learning can grow. And I think that's something that we all should desire to instill in our kids is not to give them the cheap version. Cause if we right? don't, you know, give them the good quality stuff, they get used to all the junky stuff, whether that's it's food so or true. technology. or It's so true. And I know it's an overused analogy, but I do always think of like the people who work in banks and how they say, you know, they're not introduced to counterfeit money to spot it. They're introduced to the real thing and they study real money so much that when they see counterfeit, so it stands out to them. And I'm like, I want my kids to know the goodness of God's word of good people who, like you said, just that high quality content so that when something else pops up, they're like, eh, you know, there's, there's better options. And, and same comes through like literature and things. Sometimes there'll be a popular book and I'll be like, well, you could read it, but there's also others that are, you know, have so much more to offer. Let's, let's stick with the good, rich stuff that we know is, is going to build you up and draw you closer to the Lord and to um, good character. And so I think a what you said nails it. It's just all about giving them the good stuff so that they're drawn to that for the rest of their life. Love it. Mm. Okay. So you've, you're doing a lot of things. You've done a lot of things. <laughs> um, the last question I want to ask you is if your, your definition of success has evolved over the years as now you have boys out of the house, mm, man, that's, that's a good question. Well, I, I don't think so. I think that what I'm learning is that what I hoped would make me feel successful was true. Like 
And I love the verse, third John verse four, that says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And certainly now that I have these grown young men who are living far away from me, there is nothing that is more satisfying or gives me more joy than when they call and say, you know, I discipled these younger boys and this is what we're doing. And it's so great to see them so excited about their faith. Uh, You know, I'm going on a mission trip. I'm doing this. I'm leading worship. When I hear about them walking in truth without any direction from mom or dad, okay, nothing's better. There's no money. There's no (laughs) retirement plan. Nothing could be better. And so I just want to encourage families, especially if your kids are younger, do the work now, train them now, keep speaking truth because that joy is real and it's good. Oh, that's so good. Any last minute encouragement that's come Mm -hmm. to mind during our conversation? Uh, Well, I just always like to wrap up by reminding people of God's grace. You know, my, my book raising amazing. Some people can be like, ah, amazing. You know, we're just trying to survive here. Like, are you sure? And I just want to remind everyone that, that we all have seasons. It's not going to be amazing every day. And my mine either we've gone through struggles. There's things that I don't talk about because it's too soon or not my business to do that, but we're not a perfect family. There's no such thing as a perfect family. I'm not a perfect parent. Only God is the perfect parent. And so keep leaning into his grace and know that, uh, you know, whatever season you're in, it's probably going to pass. So do not grow weary. Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary in doing good for in due season, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. So don't give up, keep pressing on, but know that there's going to be some bumps. It's not going to be all smooth sailing and that's okay. Cause you have a perfect God who's going to get you through it. Amazing. Amazing. So good. It's such a treat to have you on and just so grateful for all the wisdom that you share and inviting us into your own journey of parenting and imparting just so many truths and just Mm. golden little nuggets that, that we can take that just make it a little bit easier and a little more encouraging and just create a little more grace in our lives. Mm. And so thank you for being back on and for sharing. And I'll be sure to share all this information in the show notes. Um, I'd love for you just to share where people can find you on, on social media and any other things you want them to know. Totally. Well, my home base is just my website, monicaswanson.com and links to everything, my books, my course, my podcast, everything there. Also, if you scroll down, there is a free little giveaway I have, which is 40 character inspiring books, movies, verses, and quotes. And that's just really fun. Kind of get you started on that character training journey. Uh, So that's available to you right there on my homepage of my website. And otherwise, I love to hang out on Instagram. So if you're on the gram, find me at Monica Swanson underscore. Say hi. Tell me how you found me. I'd love to get to know you. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Monica. Always so encouraging, so relatable. Love talking to Monica. Could talk to her forever. But in case you missed any of today's truths and takeaways, here they are. Number one, amazing kids don't happen by chance. Number two, there's a lot we actually can do as parents. Number three, intentionality doesn't have to be complicated. Number four, adversity truly is the fuel for greatness. I think as parents, we don't want our kids to go through hard things. We want them to be comfortable and happy, but we've got to introduce those challenges into our kids' lives and build those muscles. Number five, making your kids happy is not going to equip them for real life. Number six, there are no perfect parents, but do not grow weary. The last thing to grow on a tree is the fruit. Number seven, get together with your spouse this week and come up with a bucket list for this year to create challenges for your kids. 
And lastly, there's no limit to the amount of truth you can speak into your kids' lives. But thanks for tuning in to this week's conversation. If you have not already, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share this podcast with a friend, or if you've got 30 seconds today, would mean the world to me to go over to Apple Podcast, scroll down on the show. You'll see an option to tap on some stars or see a little pencil mark to write a review. Your feedback means the world. That's really, truly what helps this episode to continue to get shared with so many others. Thanks for tuning in and until next time.